Hey guys, if you hadn't heard, sports betting is now live in Massachusetts. We're passing along this awesome promo for new DraftKings customers. Deposit and place a $5 wager on any sport to get $200 added to your account in bonus bets, guaranteed. Use our code BASTARDS at sign up to redeem. Using our promo code BASTARDS is a great way to support the pod. So if you don't yet have a DraftKings account, do us a solid and sign up with code BASTARDS and place that first bet. New customers only, 21 plus and physically present in Massachusetts. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-327-5050. Valid. One offer per customer. Minimum $5 deposit and $5 wager required. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets and expire seven days after being awarded. See full terms at DraftKings.com. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever it is that you are listening to us. We want to thank you in advance. We as fans have always appreciated your input as fellow fans. When you're happy, we're happy. When you're upset, we are too. But sometimes we're just a little bit more honest. We are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. You can find us on Twitter at Bastards underscore Boston. I'm your host, Charlie Smith, coming to you from Providence, Rhode Island. You can find me on Twitter at Smith underscore MLB. Our other hosts for this episode are Terry Cushman, coming to us from Myrtle Beach in South Carolina by way of Wyndham, Maine, and Cody Paulson coming to us from Houston, Texas by way of Ponte Vedra, Florida. Cody, I'm going to start with you. How are you doing? Charlie, thanks for the great intro. Terry, good to see you. Happy Easter, everybody. I'm doing great. It was a great weekend of baseball. We had the Masters going on as well. If you're into golf, it was just a, a wonderful weekend of sports. And, you know, we get to be on here talking shop. It's, uh, it's a great time to be here. How are you doing, Charlie? Uh, doing great. You know, happy Easter to you as well. Uh, it was great. Got to spend uh, Easter with my girlfriend and her family, which was fantastic. And, Cody, before we switch it over to Terry, where can the fans find you on Twitter? I am at the Cody Paulson on Twitter. Come find me. Come yell at me. Let's uh, interact. Let's have some fun. Let's talk some baseball. And that's Paulson, P-A-U-L-S-E-N, for those that are listening. Terry, how are you? You look just a little bit colder than you normally would in <laughs> South Carolina. Where are you? I am up in my home state of Maine. And before I get to that, let me just do the standings real quick. The Red Sox swept the Tigers. So they went from two games under 500 to one game over. They are in fourth place with a record of five and four. They are four games behind the still undefeated Tampa Bay Rays. And we got we just happened to have four games against them coming up, so a chance to tie it. Probably a pipe dream, but also you listen on on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, hit that subscribe button. We would appreciate that very much. That is how we grow, and we want to keep you guys with us. So uh, please go ahead and subscribe. So anyway. Um, you know, kind of a, you know, kind of a somber. Well, I, I don't know if I want to say somber, but um, my mother about a month ago, maybe six weeks ago, something like that. Uh, they found a spot on her lung. Uh, you know, usually that's cancer. And uh, in the middle of last week, they kind of confirmed that to be the case. And we had been planning on coming home in June. And, um, but as you know, given the new situation, uh, we decided to do it sooner and come up right away. So, uh, my mom has had a lot of health issues dating back to the 1990s. Uh, she's a two-time aneurysm survivor. 
uh, has a frontal lobe seizure disorder, which has, you know, caused a lot of problems. Not so much in recent years. They, they finally kind of got that under control. And, um, and then since t- 2009, uh, COPD, she's heavily reliant on oxygen and probably in the advanced stages of that anyway. And now, uh, has a case of cancer. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's been a long road for her and, um, you know, we're just glad we've, we've had her this long and Charlie, uh, kind of tipped off, uh, that I am outside right now on a porch cause we're staying at my girlfriend's parents' house. Thought I had a room picked out, but the HVAC is right next to it and extremely loud. So we, we can have that or we can have an occasional car going by. I'm hoping the microphones don't pick that up too much. But if they do and you hear a zooming sound, that's what it is. And I, I just probably can't win tonight with my setup. But uh, this, I think, is as, as good as uh, I can get it. So bear you with know, us. Terry. Uh- <laughs> Yeah, Terry, I'm going to say, I don't think we've had one clean episode where we, we haven't struck out at least one time <laughs> on one, something small. And, you know, this kind of, well, it doesn't feel like you're right at a NASCAR track. You might get just that nice little feeling, that waft of, of fumes or something that might, you know, take you to that other fun sport. But, uh, you know, Terry, you already hit up on the fact that we, we just took three in a row before we have an exciting series coming up with Tampa Bay. As is the case when we win, we will do studs and duds. Terry, why don't you go first? Who is your stud for this most recent series? I am going to take the low-hanging fruit that is Rafi Devers. Um, I did not tally it up here, so doing the math on the fly was 5 for 13. Uh, His biggest game uh, was on Saturday. And he hit a grand slam, which kind of put the game kind of out of reach, got the Red Sox off to a a pretty good lead, and then had another home run later on in the game. He also had a, I think it was a solo home run on uh, Thursday afternoon uh, in the series opener. So right away, you want to see a guy living up to his contract. And I don't think we had any doubt whatsoever that Rafi Devers would start doing that immediately and he's still the I don't know he's the nuclear power plant of this Red Sox team and you kind of hope that it rubs off uh, around him and through the order Uh, and it it has with uh, some as well so I have to go with Devers as my second stud for the 2023 season. Terry, I mean, it's it's a great stud, right? Uh, you know, when when the team sweeps, it's a it's it's almost hard to pick harder to pick a stud than it is to pick a dud. And and Rafi's a great one, right? You know, you mentioned that he went yard on Thursday, he went yard on Saturday. He had two of them on Saturday as well, including that grand slam. And early in the season, um, I'm not necessarily looking at counting statistics. I'm looking at you know putting up crooked numbers when we have the opportunities coming through when there's you know, players on the base pass, and that's exactly what what he did, right? You know, the bases were juiced, and he touched them all, which is great. You know, ideally, you get a grand slam, but you don't, you know, you don't want to build yourself up for that for for every bases loaded opportunity. But it's just good to see a guy that got paid and is still continuing to produce, right? You know, time and time again, we've seen players 
in Boston and other organizations as well. You know, this isn't an affliction that only falls upon us, but, you know, they'll get their contract, they'll get their big money, and then they just start coasting. Uh, so for a guy that we signed to, you know, those double-digit year contracts to be able to continue to still be that nuclear power plant of of the lineup, to be a cornerstone, um, to drive in runs, to to do essentially all that we've asked him to do is is just really refreshing. Not to mention not to see extend Devers under every highlight <laughs> that he has, um, just to get all of that buttoned up and just be able to enjoy what he's bringing to the ballpark, game in and game out. You know, hopefully we get to to see this production for a long time. It's it's a real treat. It's really hard to follow something like that when you talk about uh, Devers being that, you know, I think you said nuclear powerhouse and whatnot. I mean, an incredible talent. He's one home run behind the the league lead. Um, and as Cody already mentioned, it's so great for the first time in what feels like three or four powerhouse players. We don't have a sign that says sign X player, you know, so it's I think it's great. Rafi Devers is one of my favorite players when he finally got paid long term to be a member of the Red Sox for I'm going to assume the rest of his major league baseball career, nothing but like green flags for me, just like everything going great, super happy. That's the best low hanging fruit I can think of. Rafael Devers perfectly put uh, Terry, anything else you want to add to Devers? He's off to a three thirty three clip and a, a three sixty six on base. So every category looking good. Three extra base hits so far. Um, love what I'm seeing. Perfect. Uh, Cody, who is your stud for this, uh, series for this series? My second stud of the season is going to be cutter Crawford. I know it's a, a bit of whodunit, a what a starting pitcher. How could that possibly be? Um, you know, we were chatting in the war room. I wanted to make my stud the entire starting pitching rotation for this series because I really felt like they, you know, kind of showed up to the cause. Uh, they kept the game within reach. You know, it wasn't always pretty, but they kept giving us an opportunity to win. But uh, you guys were like, hey, let's let's pick an individual person. Makes totally, you know, a lot more sense, easier to have have takes and responses. So I'm going to give it to Cutter Crawford, right? You know, last last time out, he went up against the Pirates. We thought that was going to be an easy series. I picked two out of three. You guys were a little bit more realistic. Um, you know, I got to lick my wounds on that one. I was definitely wrong. But uh, Cutter Crawford had a decent first inning going against the Pirates. He had a couple of fielding gaffes behind him, and they went up and touched him for seven runs. Here we are, you know, today, earlier, same concept, right? Gets two quick outs, and then we have the, the fielding area by Kike. Connor Wong drops the third strike, and all of a sudden, you know, it's it's first and second with two outs, and, and uh, Cutter Crawford's spinning, right? He's not, he's not executing his pitches. He's not getting out of the inning, and he ends up giving up a run on a, on a Torkelson single to left. Uh, but he, I thought he bounced back tremendously. He, he finished the inning with a strikeout, and it was off to the races, and it was another, you know, ho-hum, Baseball game, you know, put it away four to one. Jansen made it a little uh, interesting in the ninth, but it was still just, it was good to see him bounce back, to see him be resilient. You know, five innings, six Ks, zero walks. Um, you know, he's definitely going to be a spot starter, but it's good to know that we've got that 4A pitcher. You know, if one of these guys do go down or if we needed a spot start or, you know, something funky happens, we've got a guy that can at least eat some innings and won't completely put us out of a, out of a baseball game. Um, it was just refreshing to see him kind of face the same demons that he had in, in the last start out and and really put together a, a nice outing today to give us the opportunity to get that sweep. Interestingly put, and, and Terry, I want you to weigh in second, but I do want to remind some of our listeners what you thought of Cutter Crawford 
before this start or before the season started. And I believe, and you can quote me or you can call me out if I'm misquoting, but I believe the expression was Cutter Crawford sucks. And I could be wrong. Terry, weigh in here for me here. Uh, but I think you and I are a little bit more aligned on this one, even though I am happy with the win. Uh, Terry, what do you have What do you have for your thoughts? I think I added a noun of some sort after that. I would have to go listen to the audio, but I this was a guaranteed loss in, in my mind. And I thought the same thing about Tanner Houck's first start based on just a terrible run through spring training. There was no reason to suggest he was going to have a turnaround and – well, I will give Crawford some credit here uh, for going uh, five full today. He His whole line looks really good. Five hits, one earned, didn't walk anybody, struck out six. You'll take that line from anybody in this Red Sox rotation on any start. So he had to be decent, you know, in order to put those numbers up. I'm going to throw a button there. This Detroit team is bad. And it might never be good for the rest of eternity. At first, you can blame it on Dave Dombrowski. But at some point, after, say, 2020, they've had five years to rebuild it. There, You know, incompetence has to be a factor here, uh, you know, with their front office. And it might be the f- – they might be on their third GM now. It's the, the first year of the third GM's tenure here. So I don't know if Detroit's going to be good at all, but – uh, Cutter Crawford went out there, did his thing. Uh, it was pleasant to see. He didn't have a lot of run support either. I mean, the Red Sox, I, I think it was a two-to-one uh, game for the most part. The Red Sox tacked on a couple uh, late. But um, good start. Now here's the bad news. It might be his last start for a while because it's either him or Pavetta that's coming out. Uh, you know, now that Whitlock's coming back and then things get really interesting once Bale comes back, then who loses their rotation spot? So nice start for, for Cutter and uh, maybe he becomes a one inning guy. Maybe they keep him with the big club. I personally would send him down, keep him stretched out because you never know when Sale, Kluber, uh, or perhaps maybe even Whitlock, you know, get hurt again. So great you know it's it's a curse to go third uh and sometimes i think it's just a curse to go after you terry Uh, i was actually going to talk about the same thing because if you have certain people coming back from injury or start the season late for whatever reason who's going to lose their spot and then where should they go after this if you bring cutter crawford and you put him into the the bullpen he becomes a one to two two plus inning guy maybe the old 2022 garrett whitlock where you have him be uh a long reliever, but keeping him down at AAA, get him, you know, keep him stretched out for five, six innings. Maybe he can go a little bit longer. I think serves his end game better than just having him at the big league club and pitching once every three, four games for two and a half innings or three innings or something like that, because then he's not going to continue progressing. He's only going to, he's going to actually regress because you're not going to have a consistent, day off or days off where you can actually have like, okay, just a quick little bullpen. And then every fifth day, you know, you're going to go out. So similar to what you said, Terry, I'm very aligned with what you said. We already know Detroit's situation. They're not that great. I'll take the win for cutter. And I think cutter will be happy with it with that win. And with his game pitched, he brings his ERA down to 8.00. I believe I saw. So 
no one's looking at him thinking, oh yeah, great, this is the ace that we have, but maybe he has another start. Maybe they negotiate and figure out maybe a sixth starter for another week just to figure out who they really should be pulling. But again, happy he got the win. I'm not going to poo-poo it. I'm going to be pumped about it. So that being said, since he was, um, it was Cody's stud, do you have anything you wanted to add to wrap that one up? Yeah, I mean, you know, one last thought maybe too. Good teams beat bad teams, right? By hook or by crook, you got to do it, right? And maybe that's what this is. It's just confirming that, hey, you know, we're maybe a little bit deeper than than we thought we were or maybe we're a little bit better. You know, this could give us reason to have optimism going into what's going to be a tough series against Tampa. We've got, you know, fresh off a sweep, you know, a little bit of momentum. We're riding high. Uh, a lot of positives take away from it because these are the games you have to win, right? If we're going to get to that magic 90 number or, you know, the 82 that we predicted, um, you got to win ones like these, right? And and just to be able to lock this one away with a W is, is huge, regardless if you think it's sustainable or not, which is totally fair. Absolutely agreed. Absolutely agreed. So uh, with that, we're going to wrap up studs with uh, Kenley Jansen. Uh, Kenley was my stud for this series Pitched two innings, got his first two saves on the season, allowed two hits, a walk, a pair of strikeouts, had almost 70% of his pitches go for strikes, did fantastic for the first time in a really long time. We actually have a bona fide closer. I've been talking about this for a little while now. It's been a long time since we've had this position locked down. I've been a huge Jansen supporter, even from when he was a Dodger, when he was in Atlanta, I didn't care. He was always a class guy, class act. You can't go wrong with him. And I said before the season started, one of my uh, predictions was that Kenley Jansen was actually going to lead the American League and win, or uh, excuse me, saves, just because he's not going to be coming out every game for a save off. And the Red Sox aren't going to be great enough where they're going to be keeping that game to a one or two. So uh, a one or two run lead. I think in, in four game series, he probably does get two saves. In a three game, three game set, he probably gets one. Maybe every second or third, he might get a second appearance. So uh, Kenley Jansen was my stud for this one. Start. He's continuing to do great things, even though it's kind of a shaky game three for him. I'm still happy he still was able to shut the door. The nerves are not an issue for him. Cody, what is your uh, take on that? He's exactly as billed. He's exactly as advertised. He's exactly what we wanted him to be, right? You know, last year, the bullpen was a mess. And I think a lot of the reason that it was such a mess was the roles weren't defined. Is Whitlock going to be our closer on the backs of, of 2021 when he was electric? Is he going to be a starter because we don't have five guys? Who's going to be the long reliever? Matt Barnes is up and down with injury. We were all over the place. We didn't know who was going to be what. Hauk is, you know, the closer when he's in the States, but he can't be the closer in Toronto because of vaccination issues. And so just to have a guy that, you know, hey, ninth inning, it's Jansen's until further notice is just been a breath of fresh air, a sigh of relief just to know, hey, even if he blows one, that's fine, but at least it's his and we don't have to worry about, okay, he blew one. Is it going to be another guy? Are we going to have to shake up? You know, who comes out in the seventh, who comes out in the eighth? You know, like you mentioned, Charlie, he was two for two. Um, I think game one was a lot cleaner than game three, obviously, but he was still able to kind of find his resolve, close out game three. Uh, you know, it isn't uh, Craig Kimball in the postseason 2018 uh, 2.0, right, where he would create some drama and sometimes we'd sneak out of it with a great defensive play and and sometimes we wouldn't. So it's, it's just been nice to, to have a guy to know the roles and to see it going well. Um, especially, you know, like you mentioned with the way the bullpen's been for the last few years, this has been a treat. 
Uh, excellent. Uh, Terry, anything you want to add with uh, Kelly Jensen? We are, we are hearing a little bit of feedback on the back. I'm not sure who it is, uh, but uh, Terry, just for, for Kenley Jensen, anything you wanted to add? Uh, basically, it's nice to have a closer, a bona fide closer that's proven. Um, had some nervous moments today. The bases were loaded in that last inning, and um, but he got out of the jam and got the win and the save, so you know, all closers are going to have those situations anyway. So. Yeah. I mean, pretty, pretty straightforward with, with Turner, uh, excuse me, with Turner with, with Jensen. Uh, I'm, I'm super happy. You know, like th this is, we, we've been talking about it. The, the not having a closer is such a downer, especially when you had no disrespect to Matt Barnes, but, not a closer towards the end of his career. You had the revolving door of four or five guys. Who's going to get the, who's going to get the nod tonight and three or four times out of five, it didn't end well. And there was no luck at all happening for us. So super happy that we got this done two years. I believe it was 32 million uh, was the deal that he signed. Not going to complain about it. Super happy. So uh, any any studs in particular, Terry, that you wanted to start us off with as an honorable mention? Any stud in particular for honorable mention? Yeah, I've got one, and I, I think it might be something we should talk about briefly, actually. Uh, Adam Duvall, 5 for 12, couple home runs in the series. Uh, ha had a big game one, especially. Um, out with a wrist injury. I would be shocked if this is a short-term thing based on the replay. Uh, very nasty looking. He kind of twisted his wrist as his glove dug into the ground as he was trying to make a diving catch. And when he got up right away, he kind of shook it off and started walking directly to the dugout. There was no, in his mind, there didn't seem to be any question on whether he could stay in the game. He couldn't and, you know promptly walked off the field. There have been x-rays done uh, on that wrist, but they haven't revealed the, you know, the severity of it or the results of it, I should say. Bobby Dahlbeck is on his way to Tampa to meet the team, presumably to be used as a middle infielder. So that's a, that's a tough loss for the Red Sox because if you, we've got four wins, his fingerprints are all over three of them. And they might not happen if it's not for Adam Duvall. So I'm just trying to, you know, give the the gravity of of what this loss could be if, in fact, it is a, a severe injury. I, and just one last thing to add. He did have uh, an injury to that hand. I think it was bone-related last year. It limited him to, I think, 90-something games. This looks to me, and again, I'm not a doctor, <laughs> But uh, it looks more of a joint, you know, tissue injury, soft tissue. So, you know, more along the lines of a sprain. And if so, that's probably a better uh, situation than a fracture, let's say. Yeah, you definitely brought up something that's um, pretty scary because he was single-handedly the reason why we were able to win a game earlier uh, this season, the first series of the year. But before I throw my two cents in, Cody, anything you want to add with that, with that moment? No, I mean, it's a freak injury. Um, you know, I love that. And, and a close game, he's hustling to get a ball to make a play on it. Um, obviously unfortunate that he kind of rolls up on his wrist. Um, 
what are you going to do, right? The guy hasn't been on the injured list a lot in, in his career. Um, you know, this is also kind of an accident. This is not, you know, overswinging or, you know, pulls up lame with a hamstring. Um, you know, we don't have obviously the the results of those, you know, medical imaging tests yet. We just got to, you know, cross our fingers, hope for the best because he has been a bright spot in, in the lineup and all of his hits have been substantial as well, right? You know, he's not batting close to 500 on on singles in games that don't matter. All of these hits are, you know, with men on base or late in the game. You know, he won game one of the Tiger series with a three-run bomb, I believe, in the eighth inning. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, if it wasn't the eighth. But, you know, obviously game two wins it with the walk-off. You know, this, this guy's been everything we could have dreamed of, um, you know, with that 3,100 that we're hoping to get out of him. Uh, so hopefully... You know, we're not snake bit by the injury bug early. And if so, that he comes back quickly and, you know, there's no long-term damage. That, that home run, I mean, you, you just brought up another point. So the first series of the season won us one game with, with a, a, a bloop mistake by uh, the Orioles. They, they made a mistake. He capitalized, hit a two-run home run, and that was it. Um, and this one, you're right. And I, uh, it was uh, the sixth, but you were right, Cody. That, that home run won the game again. Because there was no nothing else happened after that, so this has been a huge, huge addition to the Red Sox. One of the brightest moments that we've had. If we don't have him, we might actually be staring at maybe four and five or three and six. Who knows? Um, but you you absolutely bring up a, a really really good point. Uh, we wish him well. We hope he recovers quickly. This has been one of the most exciting off season acquisitions that I can think of, um, especially since. You know, in 2020, 2021, this was a guy that was able to do really, really incredible work. And I believe Terry had the numbers in front of him. It was 38 home runs, 113 RBIs. I don't remember the batting average, but still, this is two years away from having almost 40 home runs. Um, so, you know, great, great, um, you know, honorable mention. That's another kind of low-hanging fruit guy. I feel like he's going to be a, um, a stud in in a lot of weekends for us. Um, Cody, was there anybody in particular that you... Uh, had for a, an honorable mention stud. Chris Sale uh, set the tone for the series, got a dub, just an old-fashioned baseball game, right? Six to three, got a save opportunity in there, and then he went five with, with three earned runs or something like that. It was an unspe- unspectacular start, but it was his first win since 2021. It's just good to see him on the right side of, of a box score again. You know, a, a ho-hum baseball game. I remember just like as, as I turned it off as the game was over, I was like, yep, that's baseball. And it was just great to see, right? Like those are the wins that you just lock away and be like, today's going to be a good day. You know, the Red Sox got it done. Nothing special, nothing flashy. You know, obviously Duvall had had that big home run in the middle of the game there. But um, I honorable mention to Sale just to, just to see him, you know, win again, man. It's just needed it. Got to have it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate the special nod to my guy. I love Chris Sale. I'll never poo-poo him. I just can't do it. I love him too much. Uh, Terry, anything you want to add about Chris Sale for an honorable mention? I was nice to see. Again, this is a Tigers lineup that's pretty flawed. I think his, his next true test will be against the Tampa Bay Rays. And I don't have the schedule up in front of me, but if you pull up the remaining April schedule and then literally all of May, it's extremely tough. So we're going to find out who these Red Sox are coming up. We're going to find out who Chris Sale really is. And um, just three more I'm going to throw out there, and I'll just do them together to save time. They're all in the bullpen. John Schreiber, Zach Kelly, and Josh Winkowski, all phenomenal this year so far. 
None of them uh, gave up an earned run throughout the series. Um, I don't seem to. Oh, here it is. Uh, Josh Winkowski, 1 uh, 2 9 ERA over four starts. Uh, John Schreiber, 1.80 ERA over five appearances. I should have said appearances with Winkowski out of the bullpen. And then there is one more. Who did I mention? Uh, he's probably not even on that page, but um, oh, Zach Kelly. Well, you can't forget Chris. You can't forget about Chris Martin. I mean, these pitchers that are coming from from LA, like even whether it be last year, two years apart, uh, two years away rather. Uh, Kenley Jensen, Chris Martin. Chris Martin still isn't allowed to run yet. He's had three holes this year. Um, he's been, you know, obviously very early in the season, um, but super incredible. Like we've had problems with our bullpen before and it's really, really important that we start off on the right foot because so many times we very, very unfortunately are used to starting off on the wrong foot where we have uh, one reliever give up four or five runs and, you know, what should have been like a two, three run win ends up being a one or two run loss. And it's really unfortunate. So, I mean, kudos for, for those name drops right there with Martin. My honorable mention for this one was Masataka Yoshida. Yoshida walked four times in this series, and while he only played in two of the three games, I, I, don't, I don't believe he got a uh, hit in the second game, uh, walked three times. And I cannot – you just cannot underestimate the power of really, really good plate discipline. It's incredible with rookies that can do that because nine times out of ten, they want to swing at everything because they're nervy. You know, their nerves are up. They're a little bit jumpy. And um, I was just actually talking about this with, uh, with my girlfriend, funny enough – because she's in our fantasy baseball league. She she wanted Miguel Vargas. Miguel Vargas had one of the highest on base percentage uh, on base percentages in the league just because he didn't swing when he he I think he broke his thumb or broke a finger. 11 walks this year for a rookie. This is it's just silly numbers. So Masataki Yoshida, easy easy mention for me. Um, super impressed with what I've seen through the first couple series. Yes, it was you know, not a great team, but I, I, you cannot underestimate about the ability of getting on base and setting the table for the rest of your team to knock you in because he also scored a couple of runs as well. So Yoshida for me for that. And uh, I think with that, what we're going to do is we're going to slide right into the dud section. So Terry, you let off the first time. We're going to have you lead off again. Usually you want to have your fast, speedy guy go first, which makes sense. So Terry, you go first. Who is your dud for this series? Mine is going to be KK Hernandez and it kind of bums me out because I, I really am a, a bigger KK fan than what I may uh, lead on to be. I was It was kind of a huge relief to me that he would be brought back uh, for another year on a pretty affordable $10 million contract. Now, his numbers are bad right now. He's hitting 107 on the season and he has at least four or five errors at shortstop. So not working out that great. And now with the Duvall thing, they'll have some options here. You know, do you put Kike back in the uh, outfield where he's had a lot more of recent, you know, reps? He's comfortable there. He's actually an elite center fielder, you know, based on a year and a half out there. So I don't know what they do with him. He will start hitting again. He's typically a streaky hitter, perhaps not this bad, but uh, he's definitely a guy that if you want to if you want to put up W's against 
these tough teams were about to face, you kind of need Kike to be at least at his career averages, you know, hitting at probably a 255, 260 clip, lots of extra bases, uh, you know, and he, he does have some pop, you know, he hits what, 16 to 20 home runs a year in a healthy year. So, and he's got a great postseason pedigree as well. So, Kike's my dud. Hopefully, he turns it around. This series kind of felt like either you were on it, you were on the ball, the ball looked like a watermelon, or you you were just seeing four pitches and they were all ghost fork balls or whatever. You know, my dud, I'm not going to tip the hand here. But, yeah, I mean – Kike's had kind of a cold start. And to be honest with you, I think it's unfortunately the the World Baseball Classic, right? You know, he was getting his reps in at shortstop with the team here. He was doing the work and then he popped over there. I think he went back to the outfield, if I'm not mistaken. It just kind of ruined his rhythm and maybe he's getting those, you know, those quirks out now. Now, I'm not saying anything bad about the World Baseball Classic. I think it's a wonderful tournament. I think it's a wonderful event. It's unfortunate the injuries that came out of it. Um, but to have it at the same time in spring training, I think it's just, uh, I don't know if it's poor planning or if it's unfortunate timing or if, you know, there's things behind the scenes that I'm unaware of and, and that's why they have to have it at that point in time. But, um, it has been a bit of a cold start and, you know, maybe he's just getting his cold streak out now cause he's usually due for one a year. So, uh, you know, it's still early in the season. He's learning a new position. You take a guy away from, you know, kind of what his regular routine is. He's going to struggle a little bit in other aspects of his game. I'm going to hang my hat on hoping that that's what it is. And that, you know, as he starts to get more at bats, more comfortable at the shortstop position, you know, he, he kind of rounds into form because he's a tremendous athlete. I think he's trying to be over perfect. He's trying to get the technique exactly right, throwing from short to first. And that could be leading to him tugging or, or pushing a couple of throws. Yeah. So um, a couple things with, with Kike Hernandez. So he started off the the, the year um, three for nine with a couple of home runs against Baltimore. Not a great team. We're, we're not expecting uh, Baltimore to lead the league really in anything except for possibly stolen bases. But we'll see what happens there. Since that first series, hasn't had a hit. So he's 0 for his last 19 with a couple of runs scored. I think he's had just one RBI and he struck out seven or eight times in that 0 for 19 stretch. So not that great. Cody already discussed the fact that, you know, he's sometimes has like a rough streak. It's it's better to get it out of the way now, especially when other people are kind of picking up the, uh, the weight for you while you're struggling. Um, I don't hate Kike Hernandez at short or center field. I know that the fielding's not been 100% pretty to start the year, but once he starts firing, th- this was someone who was consistently in a 1-2 or an 0-2 count regularly. It doesn't feel that way right now. He is drawing walks, so I am happy about that. Um, I think it's just going to take a little bit of time. Cody, again, perfectly put, discussed the fact that spring training and the World Baseball Classic coincide at the same time, which might have been playing with the timing a little bit as well. Um it's Kike Hernandez, though. He's going to bounce back. He's going to figure it out. And I'm genuinely, I'm not concerned. So I think we just have to be a little bit patient and bite our time. He'll figure it out. Um, anything else that we want to add about Kike Hernandez? Well, Terry, just, anything you want to add? Just real quick. I mean, the implications of not having Duvall, you know, if you don't want Kike to go to the outfield, Rob Snyder had a, a very good series. 
Um, you also could tinker more with Tapia. I think that would be four lefty, uh, three lefties in the outfield, though, so perhaps not ideal. But he has had a decent bat early in the season. And, uh, and then just a reminder, we were thin on righties. You got Kike, you got Turner. Those are your big righties at this point. You lose the ball. It's just, it's massive. And so all the more reason for Kike to hopefully get it together and, uh, you know, hopefully revert back to 2021 when he was more than adequate. Perfect. Uh, yeah. I mean, we're, we're going to see, we're going to wait to find out. We'll, we'll also wait to see what's going to happen with uh, Duvall and how long that, that whole, period is going to take for, for him to recover. Cody, who is your dud for this series? I mean, we're trying to find clouds in a, in a sunny sky, right? A, a sweep where we're trying to find, you know, some, some negatives here. For me, the dud had to be Justin Turner, another one of these guys that has uh, kind of cooled off a little bit. He was great in the Baltimore series. He kind of held his weight in, in the Pittsburgh series, even though none of those games went our way. But he was hitless in this series, right? And, you know, that's about as clear-cut as a dud can be in a series in which we sweep. You know, still had an RBI, played the field some, spelled Cassis at first. The ball seemed to find him. He got eaten up on a couple of grounders, but I thought he did did decent enough. Uh, I'm not really going to poo-poo this man. You know, he's coming over. He got hit in the face, bounced back from that crazy quick, had a hot start to the season, but he went hitless. Uh, so when there's a lot of other people that are shining this series, a lot of RBIs, a lot of knocks, um, a lot of good things, I guess, you know, he has to be my dud for lack of better terms. Terry, anything you want to add? I don't have a lot to add. I mean, it was a terrible series for Turner and a, a baseball player that's usually far from terrible. So we'll just chalk it up as that. Yeah. I agree. I'm not going to say anything bad about Turner. This is a guy who's playing, you know, well past his prime and he's making it look like it's not really that, that much older than, you know, that much older than some of the other guys he's playing with. He's also done a really, really good job of making sure, okay, you got a runner at third. Maybe now's not the time to try to swing for the fences. Maybe now's not the time to try to get an RBI double. Let's just get the runner home. And that's one thing that Justin Turner, I think, that that veteran leadership, that veteran play style is going to be something that's going to come into play where my hope is that that starts to kind of rub off on some of these other players that have been in the league two or three years. Okay, cool. They're not always mashing for home runs. Justin Turner is not going to hit 30 home runs and 100 RBIs. He will be someone that probably hits 10 to 15 home runs and probably does get 75 to 80 RBIs. He's done it before. He can do it again. So I, I'm I'm not going to poo-poo him. He he only struck out a couple times, and it was only in game three. That's it. You know, I think perfectly put. Let's just chalk it up to that. So my dud for this series is uh, is Christian Arroyo, and Arroyo just I I've I've not been really high in Christian Arroyo, and I'm sure he's a fine guy. Two for twelve in the series, couple runs scored, a walk. There's no wow factor with Christian Arroyo for me. There's nothing that scares me intimidates me that says i need to have him in the lineup every single time i mean i have him in the lineup because i don't have any other options is what it feels like i'm just patiently waiting for mondesi to come back and that's gonna be who spells him i'm i'm a mondesi guy like i want to see what he can do and i know we still don't have trevor story back i don't know how long that's gonna take mondesi should be back within the next two months my hope so christian arroyo two for 12 my dud for the series uh cody anything you want to add to that it is my holdover dud from from 
the Baltimore series, right? Big moments seem to find him offensively at the very least, and he just isn't producing. I think he's batting 167 uh, with a 231 on base percentage uh, for the season, and that's just not going to get it done. You know, thankfully, we're able to hide him in the lineup at this point in time. He is a righty bat. Um, you know, credit where credit's due, his defense has been, uh, you know, not noteworthy this this season, right? He's not losing fly balls in the outfield. Uh, you know, we're kind of moving them all over the place and he's, and he's still making plays. So uh, yeah, he just hasn't kind of been the same guy that he was when he first came on the scene. I don't, I don't know if it's a rhythm thing. I don't know if he's pressing. I'm not really sure what, what's kind of going on for him, but he just hasn't come out the gates with that strong start that we were kind of hoping for him. Cause you know, when he's clicking and when he's, you know, hitting at that 280 clip that he's capable of this lineup gets really scary. It gets deep because, you know, he's got a little bit of pop. He can be a 10 to 15 home run guy. He has a pedigree or a pension for the moment, um, but he just, you know, is just not that same guy at the moment, which is a real bummer. Terry, what are your thoughts? It's just unfortunate that we need to rely heavily on a guy like Arroyo because we just went through Kike with his struggles. Now you have Arroyo. We don't have a great middle infield, and it's been – I don't remember when we didn't have at least one great middle infielder. You had several years of Pedroia. You had, obviously, almost a decade of Xander. Uh, Nomar Garcia-Para, you know, in the earlier part of this century. So help is, is on the way, and uh, Story could be back. We've got one of the top prospects in all of Major League Baseball, but right now it's it's definitely a glaring hole. And then we could be 24 hours away, less than 24 hours away, with Bobby Dahlbeck and Christian Arroyo being your infield. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's terrible, but I'm a big Arroyo guy. I think he'll figure it out too. And, uh, you know, Charlie, thoughts? Uh, right before I put in my two cents on that, we're going to take a quick timeout right here. Right on. So, I mean, I know that Terry's been a huge Arroyo guy, and we are probably nine times out of ten on the same page with these players of who we like, who we don't, what we think is working, what we think doesn't. Arroyo seems to be that 10th outlier where we're just not aligned on it. And I, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to be on there. I, I feel like this is one of those guys that's had um, just enough chances where I'm good. I'm all set. And I feel that he is going to be on the dud page more often than we're going to see anybody else on the dud page. Th that's all I got to say with Arroyo. Cody, anything else you want to add? All good here. Hope he figures it out. The team's a lot more fun when he's playing well. I love his energy. I'm a big Arroyo guy as well. Uh, but at the moment, you know, he's just not not carrying his weight. Fair enough. I don't mind being on Lonely Island for, for this one. That's totally cool. Terry, were there any other duds that you were, uh, you know, an honorable mention, I guess, would be the perfect way to say for the lack of a better term. It almost feels like an oxymoron. Honorable mention, dud. You know, there isn't really any obvious choice i guess well brazier gave up uh two earned runs and um you know game two so we might need to rename the dud section the uh the brazier awards or whatever for each series by far the most least popular guy in boston bobby dahlbeck will you know potentially 
give him some company in that category, uh, barring a, you know some type of unforeseen resurgence, which would be lovely. I think we would love to see that from Bobby. But uh, but Brazier, really the only one I'm noticing. Uh, uh, Cody, is there one on your mind? Because I got one. Alex Cora. I'm on him. I'm, I'm done with this guy. He has been unimpressive all year. He's been unimpressive the last couple of years. He kind of fell into a great situation in 2018. Um, there hasn't really been a situation or point in time in which I felt like he won us the game. Uh, he has been outmanaged, I think, in all three series so far. Or I guess he can't really get outmanaged in a series in which you sweep. But, yeah, I'm just uh, kind of over his, his whole stick. Interesting. Terry, you, you sound so much like Cody. This is so uncomfortable. That was wild. Uh, for me, it's actually Tristan Cassis. Cassis really hasn't, you know, turned the needle up for me at all. I feel like his numbers are pretty much on par with what he did in 2022, only we're not seeing that same level of plate discipline that we did beforehand. This is somebody who walked quite a bit last year. He walked 19 times in 27 games played. This year, he's walked twice. He's on average to actually, if you were to multiply all of his numbers across the line, walk six times and strike out 24 times. So it's, And his batting average is also not there either. So I'm hoping that Tristan Cassis can also develop a little bit better plate discipline while also being able to put the ball into play a little bit better. Uh, Terry's already mentioned that we haven't been having real formidable opponents as of yet. So what's going to happen when the uh, intensity gets turned up a notch and we're facing much better pitchers? Is he going to be able to make the adjustment? Or are we going to have to see Bobby Bleep and Dahlbeck again? Because it looks like it's going to be not a short-term thing with Bobby D coming up. Terry, something on your mind? Uh, no, no, that's about does it. It's nice to not have a ton of right obvious studs. So. I know, it's pretty sweet. So with that being said, you know, we swept this series, which is great. I'm not going to complain about that. We have an exciting four-game set coming up. Terry was talking about this briefly beforehand. Game one matchup, we have Nick Pavetta going up against Josh Fleming. Terry, I'm going to let you go first for game one prediction. Cody, you'll go first game two, and then we'll go back and forth. So Terry, game one, who do you have? Honestly, I'm taking the race. Uh, you know, Pavetta hasn't looked terrible since the season started. Tampa's going to go bullpen. We do have a relatively new cast of characters this year. The Red Sox in years past typically don't do well with bullpen games. They're kept off balance. They're seeing a new guy every at-bat. Maybe Pavetta continues to roll. He's got a, he's got a 180 ERA, but... Um, you know, and it's only his, his second start, but I honestly, I just got to go with the Rays on this one. I think if we're going to get any games, if we're going to be competitive in this series, it has to be this one. We have to start hot out the gates. We have to jump on Jalen Beeks, um, kind of give Pavetta a couple of run cushion, a couple run of support and, and cushion to work with so he can start attacking batters because the, the rest of the, the starters in this series do look pretty bleak. Uh, for for the Rays, so you know I think this is the one that you've got to have circled on on the calendar if you're going to win one in the series. The Rays are nine and zero right now, and I think they're going to start the season off ten and zero. I uh, I think that if we're going to be winning a game, this is not the one that. Um... Oh, actually, excuse me. Now that I think about it. I stand corrected. I apologize. I think I actually had the Red Sox. 
I stand corrected because Pavetta's game one against Josh Fleming. I actually have the Red Sox break in that. So the Red Sox will win game one. If there's going to be a game that you do jump on, Cody, exactly to your point, I think it's going to have to be early and often. The only way it's going to happen is game one. The matchups that we have in the second, third, and fourth are not pretty. And Terry was talking about it. The schedule does not get easy. And this team figures it out with a limited budget every year. And I think that this is going to be one of their only blips on the entire season, at least against a, a team like us. I think they have the capability of doing some, some major work. So uh, I stand corrected. I apologize. The Rays will lose their first game. The Red Sox will win game one. Pavetta over Fleming. Game two. Oh, sorry, Terry, you want to add one thing? Yeah, so I'm showing Jalen Beeks on the MLB site. Uh, I'm not sure where you're looking. I, I don't know which one to trust because in, in seasons past, there's been a lot of discrepancies. If it's Josh Fleming, I would switch my pick to uh, Pavetta as well. But if they're going opener, I just don't like the flow of that you know, for, for what we've been against openers. So if it's Beeks, officially I pick Tampa. If it's Fleming who got lit up, I'm going with the Red Sox. So, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Cody, is there anything you want to switch for yours as well or no? You're going to keep it Red Sox either way. I like that. What a good guy. Nice watch band, by the way. We're, we're twinning today. Uh, anyways, uh, game two, Cody P. Who do you have between Garrett Whitlock and Shane McClanahan. Go ahead. Boy, I mean, I think, what was it? Sandy Alcantara had, like, a complete game shutout in, like, uh, two hours and five minutes or an hour and 57 minutes. This could be one of those games, right? It just depends upon how long are the, are the Rays batting. Uh, you know, it's Whitlock's first run as a member of the rotation in, in 2023. I've long said, you know, on this channel and and just into the ether on my own, I don't think Whitlock should be a starter. Um, I, I personally prefer him out of the out of the bullpen, but uh, this one I don't think is going to be a fun game for for our boys. I think we're going to get mopped up pretty quickly. McClanahan's just absolutely just nasty. Um, you know, I think he was a dark horse pick for Cy Young for somebody on our on our squad here. I, I can't remember the name at the top. Oh, Charlie, of course, yes. Um, you know, maybe that's why I'm thinking of it. But uh, yeah, I don't think this is going to be the one that we get. <laughs> Terry. I am encouraged by the fact Garrett Whitlock struck out, I think, seven or eight batters in his last rehab start. But not to disappoint the negative Nancys in our audience, I will also pick the Tampa Bay Rays to beat the Red Sox. Shane McClanahan is a stud and probably will win at least two or three Cy Youngs in his career. We're coming into this series a little undergunned due to the unfortunate Duvall uh, situation. They're in Tampa. No elements to serve as excuses. I, I can't pick the Red Sox to beat Shane McClanahan. Uh, so I'm 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 picking McClanahan too. He was my Cy Young pick, and I believe it was Jason's pick as well, where we actually went uh, hand in hand on this one. McClanahan is one of the best pitchers in baseball and probably will be one of the best pitchers in baseball for the next five to ten years. I'd be shocked if anyone were to supplant him as like the easy nod for for Cy Young. It's him, Justin Bieber, or uh, Justin, Justin Bieber, oh my God, Shane Bieber. Like one of those two, they're both going to do well. Um, Whitlock is coming off and making his first start. We do not have Adam Duvall, who has been an absolute banger in the lineup. So that is already one out of nine that McClanahan just gets to say, check mark, we're set, we're good. So 
you have that, and now you have less protection for Devers in that lineup. And we don't know if Justin Turner is going to be still kind of dudding or if he's going to bounce back and, and have a great uh, series. So uh, McClanahan for this one, I, every single time he's on the calendar, I'm going to pick McClanahan. For, for it doesn't matter who he's facing. It's going to McClanahan Bieber. I'm probably still taking McClanahan. I think he's got better stuff. Uh, game three, Terry, we're going to have you lead off with this one. We have Chris sale going up against uh, Eflin for Tampa Bay. Who do you have? Zach Eflin's going to have a new nickname after this start. He will forever be known as Zach Effin Eflin. I think because Tampa is going to make him an absolute thorn in our side. And basically, I'm still not a believer in Chris Sale. I, I think he had a, a pretty soft lineup to try to get himself straightened out with. He did get straightened out. I will change my tune if Chris Sale puts together a relatively quality start. If he can give me five innings again with just three earned runs, um, then I, I will change my tune. If he goes six or seven innings, I'll... Uh, I'll apologize to Chris Sale, but I just don't think this is a good team for him. The Trop is one of his uh, worst stadiums, if I remember correctly. Don't have the stats up in front of me, but um, I I also will go with the Tampa Bay Rays in Game 3. So Zach Eflin signed the largest Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Rays offseason contract in their history, which was three years for $40 million, which when you think about it is dumb. He is making the same, actually a little bit less money over three years than Max Scherzer is making annually in New York, just to throw that one out there. So there's that. Chris Sale is back, baby. I am going to say Chris Sale for game three. I am not going to change my tune. The Red Sox have now won two out of three in my projections of this perfect world. I think Chris Sale is going to build on what happened in the in this most recent appearance. I've been a huge Chris Sale supporter. He needs to have this, this support behind him because, God forbid, it's going the wrong direction. I really, I really want to see him build on what he was able to do in this most recent series. So I'm going Chris Sale with the win here. And um, I know I might be on Lonely Island here, but but that's it. Cody, was there something else you want to add to that? I'm kind of on the fence. I think Chris Sale gives us a quality outing. Terry, I was going to ask you, you know, what kind of dictates a, a bounce back start or a start that you you believe in Chris Sale and you said, you know, five innings and and three earned, right? Because Cora doesn't let the guys get a quality start at this point. I think he's lifted a couple of pitchers after five when they were going well with the decent a decent pitch count. Uh, so, you know, if if the barometer for success was a legitimate quality start, we might not ever get one of those. Um, this could be very much, you know, whose bullpen is, is better down the stretch who can get that, that big knock at the end of the game, because I, I think this one's going to be the 50, 50 game and the optimist in me thinks that the, the Red Sox are going to pull it out. I love that optimism. I'm going to carry that optimism going into our fourth game, which should be an exciting one. We have Corey Kluber going against Jeffrey Springs. Cody, who do you have winning game four? Uh, game four goes, unfortunately, to the Rays for a 2-2 split. Uh, I think it'd be too tall of a task for, for our guys to go down to the trop, take three out of four against an undefeated team. Granted, it is nine wins. I mean, oh, well, yeah, it is nine wins into the season for the Rays. Uh, I, you know, if we were able to squeak out uh, game three uh, with, a, with a Chris Sale win, I think Tampa Bay comes back motivated and 
they kind of take it to us. And, you know, I mean, Spriggs has been unbelievable this season. So it's Tampa for me in game four. Uh, Terry, who do you have there? No team in Major League Baseball knows Corey Kluber better than the Tampa Bay Rays, who he pitched for last season. So they have the full scouting report. They know exactly what's going to be coming at them. Almost all of it will be less than 90 miles an hour. And I just don't have a ton of confidence. And then Jeffrey Springs, who we traded for basically, I forget his name, Hernandez, their catcher. Ronaldo Hernandez. Ronaldo Hernandez. And the A's. And Nick Sogard. The A's. Excuse me. I'm getting my money ball teams mixed up. The Tampa Bay Rays turned Jeffrey Springs a nobody that we got off the scrap heap. We couldn't really do a lot with him in Boston. He was like a long reliever for us. One of the infamous names of the 2020 season. And Tampa turns him into a borderline ace and he got a big extension this off season. So yes, he did. I can't, I can't pick the, the Rays in a game where they know our pitcher so well. And, and let me just wrap it up with this. Cause it's the last pick. I'm not supremely confident in game one in my pick for that. And I'm not supremely confident with the sale Eflin game. I am supremely confident the Rays will win easily with McClanahan, and I'm I'm extremely confident they'll win with Springs. So two and four, but I you know I, I can't pick Chris Sale against this team, and so I I may have a sweep depending on who that game one starter is. If it's Beaks, I have a sweep for Tampa. That's brutal. Cody, anything you want to add before we wrap? Right on. Excellent. Well, this is going to be an interesting series. Definitely our most difficult series so far to date for this season. It will not be our last time against Tampa Bay, but goodness, oh my, I'm really happy we don't face them 20 times this year. To all of our listeners, many thanks. We appreciate you. We love hearing from you. So whether it be a direct message or uh, something on one of our Twitter comments, We always love the feedback, and uh, as Terry mentioned, give us a like, give us a subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Everyone have a great night. Take care.